Welcome to the family with Doug Sprinthal, co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Brandt-Bernard, and Cassie Schrader. And Alex, who isn't here yet? And we don't have a stinky dog today. No Fawn stinky has dog. yoga. Yeah, Fawn <laughs> must have yoga. <laughs> May, May, Jesus. Jesus, May, Jesus. Story. What a great story that is. Doug's got, he's flying the flag today. He's got his 92 KQRS uh, t-shirt on. A funny story to tell you about that when we come When back. we return, we'll be right back with <laughs> Doug's funny story about my source of income. <laughs> Great. We'll be right back. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Hail, hail, the gang's all here, and hail, we had a hailstorm in Burnsville about two weeks ago. How was that for smooth, huh? That was really smooth. Yeah. I'm impressed. That was really great. Andy, don't yeah. fall over from rolling your eyes so much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It <laughs> continues. Uh, four dealerships that were affected are the brand-new Subaru store that just opened two months ago, and it's gorgeous. Uh-huh. Honda, uh, Nissan, and Mazda, all the inventory's online, but as I keep telling people, um, you really need to go in and make the decision for yourself. You can't look at them on the Internet. The hail damage doesn't show. And some people are super picky, and they don't want hail damage cars. Other people are like, I'm going to keep it for 10 years. I'll probably smash it up sooner or later anyway. I'll just t- I'll take the savings. Like so. Alex. Yeah, like <laughs> Alex. Alex would be perfect. And we, as I mentioned, we do have new Subarus where she got her last one. So that's it. Just do me a favor and don't tell her. what. To, when she's 16 years old, she has a brand-new car. A guy, guy was backs, against. guy backs into it, and she gets out and says, don't worry about it. My dad will pay for it. <laughs> like, what? Every 15 minutes, there was an auto body damage for that girl. <laughs> Every, wow. 15 Every 15 minutes. minutes. You should see her Subaru now. Oh, I can, yeah. One can only imagine. It looks like it's been in a hailstorm. <laughs> Again? Time a to little bit. It. She's oh. 30. How does Kids this happen? Learn? I don't know. How does that happen? Anyway... Backstabber.com or whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> Walzer Automotive Group, like Walzer.com. Ooh, I like this song. Yeah, well, a lot of music I like. Playing in the, heard that when we were doing the spot. So. So here's my radio t-shirt story from yesterday. Radio t-shirt story. I okay. love grilling and smoking meats and stuff, and I finally laid down for the Mac Daddy grill of all time. It's, it's called a Rectech. 
The thing is like R-E-C-T-E-C. It's from, I think, Nashville or something. They hand make them. They're all stainless steel. They weigh like 300 pounds. And they deliver them on an an 18-wheeler in a flatbed, and they pallet them in. (laughs) So I'm scheduled to get mine yesterday between 3 and 6. And I happened to be at home. I had to drop my daughter off at something. I ran back to the house. Jumped in the shower, just come out, and I see this 18-wheeler pull up front. I'm like, it's here already. I got the grill! The grill! I went in my closet, grabbed a T-shirt, threw it on. I walk out, and the truck driver goes, Tommy's going to be pissed if I tell him you're wearing a CCO shirt. Oh, <laughs> see? God, we have spies see, everywhere. Uh, yeah, you're baby. Make, you're making up for it. You're redeeming yourself. Yeah, that's right. So I'm like, I'll wear my KQ shirt instead. <laughs> Did you get that shirt when Heinz was still working there? Uh, I think I got it from Dave Lee, actually. Yeah, Dave, so, well, so, Dave's a great guy yeah. too, so that that's passable. Yeah. What do What do we have? We've got some enormous, great. It's a wonderful grill. What's the name of it? I don't know. We'll have to call yes. Jeff Warner. It's or like a Napoleon burner. Napoleon. Ah. Yeah. Yes. It's oh, that's Napoleon. that's a monster grill. Yeah, this is wonderful. one of these wood pellet things, and man, this oh. is cool. Yeah. Oh, is it, I think like I can egg? put. I think I no, can put anything. It looks in this kind thing. of like a traditional grill. But it uses wood pellets. Yep. Mm. What I love is the guys. Well, you invite people over, and the guys see yeah. the grill, and they're. I'm like, would you like to grill? Because I hate to grill. Oh, do you, really? Well, because I hate it. I don't like to grill because I have to do the side dishes and running in. Usually, usually there's a that? guy yeah. doing the because you don't you won't do anything. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you don't want me making any food. But well, you could learn. This thing is so cool. It's uh, the controls. You can run them off an app from your phone, so oh you can set God. it for two hundred. How lazy are we, really? We can't go outside. <laughs> well, and turn I would on our tell grill. you, when you you're... Set, well, if you can set the temperature, that's well, actually nice. It is cool because Especially one of the for hardest smoking, things that's uh, to keep it regular. Yeah, it's exactly. really a pain in the butt. One of the hardest things about grilling is keeping the temperature right because yep. otherwise you end up not cooking it right yeah that's true but uh, ours gets up to like i don't know like 700 degrees i don't know what you would do with that yeah, i don't know what you incinerate things your, you could put your garbage in there <laughs> just get I rid guess. of it put it in for 10 seconds i'm suddenly getting really hungry mm. what's wrong with you it's a good thing alex isn't here yeah. yeah. Let's talk about grilling meat. <laughs> well, she likes to grill Beyond Meat burgers, which are actually pretty good. Are they really? If you've ever had I have not. If somebody put one on a bun and gave it to you, you, and would, you would have no idea. Mm. Burger yeah. King is seven, selling them now in all 7,200 of their restaurants. Uh, They're selling Impossible really? Burgers. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. Impossible Burgers you can only get at a restaurant. You can't buy those. Oh, okay. But yeah. I w- so co- They're going to start making they're, they're available. They're going to make them available in restaurants. Uh, uh, oh, are they? Oh, like grocery frozen, stores. Frozen mm-hmm. Oh, they're going to go up against Beyond Meat Burgers? I guess so, yeah. You know, my question is, what's the point, though, really? Because I, I love Whoppers. I'm not a Big Mac guy, and I only eat them like once or twice a month. It's not the meat that's really bad for you. It's all the special oh, sauce and yeah. cheese and all oh, that yeah. other stuff they put yeah, on there. So well, the Impossible Burger isn't vegetable. It's basically, like, artificially, like, grown meat protein. So like it's basically green. meat. <laughs> it's people. Well, even more artificial than that. But it's basically meat. It tastes exactly like meat, but without the killing animals. And that's why people like that. Okay. Oh, right. yeah. I, I prefer Never to mention, kill animals. Don't mention all this water that we need to grow all these crops. Yeah. yeah don't well. mention that part of it. <laughs> don't, don't worry about that. You know what's really funny? I was asked to appear on there. There's a new show coming on. and I, I can't mention it yet because they haven't put... But I appeared on a radio show. Is it yesterday. Knitting World? It yes, it's Knitting World. 
Her polka polka day. I, <laughs> so I recorded my part of the show yesterday for this this radio show that's coming on, and I, th- I think KQRS is going to carry it actually. Well, it's a national show, but I think I think it's going to be carried on KQ. But they asked me to to reminisce and go back many years ago to a song and pick a song out and and talk about it and why I loved it so much. <sighs> Turned out it was from 1971. Uh, it was Marvin Gaye, uh, What's Going On was the name of the album. And I will never forget, it really got me through a lot because there, there was so much turmoil with, you know, starting in 63 with the, the shootings then and 67 when they burned my neighborhood down, then 68 when they killed Bobby Kennedy and Martin Luther King, and 69, the Vietnam War. It was just not a great time. Memories. So I talk about What's Going On by Marvin Gaye, which today would be What's Going On. Right? Mm-hmm. Same story. There's a song on there called Mercy, Mercy Me, The Ecology. There's <laughs> yep. a song on there about uh, mercy, mercy people. Mercy, me. Yeah. I love mercy. that song. Things ain't what they used to be now. Oh, I remember that. Great song. There's a song on there about black people and white people needing to get along. <laughs> There's a song. Everything we are talking about today was on that album 50 years ago, and none of it's been taken care of yet. The only thing that's ever for sure Uh, is that history will repeat itself. Yeah, but nothing has happened in the 48 years since that album came out. They haven't done anything to improve any of that stuff. Well, most, almost eliminated cigarette smoking. Yeah, that's right. I know I but sound like Monty on Python on the Europe. Judean people's front. What have the <laughs> yeah, Romans yeah. ever done for us? Well, they built the libraries. <laughs> All right, other than the libraries and the viaduct. Yeah, the uh, viaduct. In Europe, they still smoke like stacks. Yeah. But it amazed me, because that was not my plan. I just wanted to talk about the album. and what You know, I love that album, and it, it, just yeah. listening to that album was really good for me. But it is every one of the things that the Democrats are now debating about is on that album well, 48 years when's ago. when's the last time you heard a song, any any sort of genre, about people getting along now? Yeah. Oh, I know. There's I know. The, the peop- no, artists, I'm right, artists are on are on that bandwagon mm-hmm. just as much as anybody else is about not liking yeah. somebody more than somebody else yeah that's yeah, true yeah I just thought of the magnificent <laughs> you see the people of Baltimore look now we're like we it's not like we're supporting President Trump but he is right this place is a puke hole. <laughs> Well, I mean, the, the people well, that there live was, there. There was a reporter there that was, you know, oh, Baltimore. <laughs> I'm in Baltimore. Rat runs right oh, by her. Yeah. It's a rat like, ran right yikes. by the screen. Well, Case in point. 55, uh, 55 murders per, God, what is it? It's the highest murder uh, rate in the country. Is it? They're the huge garbage rat and rodent problem. All the things that, and again, I'm not doing this to support Donald Trump. I'm just saying he was called a racist again, and nothing about what he said was racist. Nothing was racist. I, I think, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in Baltimore. I don't know if people are stealing money, and my guess is that they are. But, I mean, I think welfare reform and, and those cities, it's a pretty easy fix. I think you reward good behavior. Yeah, but they yeah, won't. But they you know, you no get a better apartment. You get more stuff if you and if you do job training, you get uh, a transition time. You don't just get, you know, taken off of welfare <clears throat> and food stamps right away. You get you get longer. You get better, mm-hmm. so you can get off of it. You, you reward like. good behavior. That's Here's what, what I you like. should be doing. They attack uh, our current president, and and what. President Obama did. I was shocked, by the way. We'll get to that. I was shocked how the Democrats attacked Obama last night. I didn't uh, watch last they night. They went after him pretty hard oh about God. how he screwed up health care. And it's like, 
Oh, my God. I would rather have... Anybody but me. Any sort of surgery in the world than watch any debate. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't but take it. It's torture. It is just it was. torture. It was absolute torture. No well, that question. Don Lemon guy. Oh, he's the worst ever. The questions. He's <laughs> terrible. It's just. He's mentally ill. He's not. There's something I seriously wrong is. with him. He's crazy. I think he's got some sort of like, I don't know. Is you he ever, old enough for dementia? What did he ask? He's only 53. Oh, what so, are, no. Yeah, I'm sure if you Google, you'll find some oh, of his. Oh, what did he say Oh, again? my God. He doesn't even really ask questions. It just kind of baits people. He baits hmm. Yeah, he does. He, he yeah. Well, them. Would you rather hate Donald Trump or have immigration reform? <laughs> it's like, what? Wow. Those are the kinds of questions that he asks. It's like, what does that even mean? I don't even understand. You know who Howie Carr is out of Boston? Mm-mm, I don't. I thought you might know him because you're in you know, the Boston connection. But... Well, his name is Carr, so. Yeah, that's right. Carr selling Good. secrets. Howie Carr played that audio yesterday. He's got a TV show, too. He's a radio guy. been around forever. He's really good. He's got a TV show on Newsmax now. <laughs> so he played that drop, and he goes, Hey, Don, why don't you have another drink? <laughs> <laughs> apparently Don only, has a drinking problem. The only clip I saw this morning was Cory Booker saying oh, something to... Kool-Aid. Yeah. What the hell is was that? We got a saying in our neighborhood, you're in the Kool-Aid, but you don't know what the flavor is. Well, what neighborhood says that? It doesn't even make sense. Never even heard of that. Corey from the hood. Corey, for, yeah, from the hood and also, of course, Rhodes Scholar yeah. in Princeton yeah. and Harvard. And yeah. What a fraud that man is, too. But I tell you what, the one that upset me was all Biden said was, don't go after me too hard, kid. And a nice way to Kamal Harris. Right. She's a woman. She's not a little kid. They attacked him like there was oh, no Oh, my God. Lord, all they have is identity getting... politics and That's exactly labels. Right. That's all they've got left. He very nicely said, don't go after me too hard, kid. And they raked him over the coals for calling her. She's not a kid. She's a 54-year-old woman. Well, compared to him, everyone's a kid. Yeah, but she is, well, black. That's true. she is black, right? Yeah, she is black. And it's a very pretty black probably woman. probably the problem. By the way, when Tulsi Gabbard and Kamala Harris got in an argument, it was really nice to see two very pretty women arguing. <laughs> Really? That's where we're going well, with this? like you and anybody you argue with. We right? have not. That's all I'm saying. We, have, we haven't progressed enough to get past whether they're pretty. I, I happen to be attracted to women. I'm sorry. Uh, that's why, okay, that's Donald why Trump. Say, listen, come on over here. <laughs> I got Donald Trump, yeah. But there's a lot of that stuff going on, but I, I just couldn't believe he was. If someone says to me, how you doing, kid? It's nice. It's like, right. oh, that's very nice of you. Thank you. My mother, I just, by, by coincidence, just two weeks ago, I talked about the fact when my mother was in her 80s and her friends were all in their 80s or 90s, she go, you know, I was talking to those kids and they said, she's called yeah. people in their 80s kids. It's a well, term of endearment. Well, that's for the thing. Sake. I mean, Joe Biden could just turn the tables and say, okay, now everybody's ageist. Yeah, everybody's ages. Yeah, yeah but no one cares about ageism anymore. Well, they should because everyone's going to get older. They should, but they don't. Everybody, no matter what color you are, you're going to get older. Don't look at my screen, and Andy, don't look this up. A record has been set with how many teeth have been pulled from a person's mouth. Any idea what that number is? Maybe somebody had like a double row, like it a shark. In yeah. India. It's happened. No, 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 it's a human being, a seven-year-old boy in India. I would say probably like fifty. I would say sixty-three. Sixty-three, fifty. What do you, you got? One hundred and seven. One hundred seven. Oh. And Catherine. Forty. Five hundred and twenty-six. No way. Oh come on. <laughs> Five hundred. How is this that. possible? Did they have a, a shark boy. Yes, they do have a picture Ooh, of it. Oh, gross. 
That you want to see the picture of it? No. Yes. I don't. I don't. Well, that, that stuff gives me nightmares. <laughs> I like to be grossed out. Oh, where did it go? Is it, it like all over in his like palette like they came out? Um, it might be. Oh, you know, I, I know where it is. I'll find it for you. They right had, or, some people <laughs> have like a disorder. There it is right there, sister. Issue, you teeth for you? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Crap. It grows. The teeth will grow all the way around the top, the roof of your mouth. Yeah, several layers. Back at, and the bottom of your mouth, top of your mouth, the sides <laughs> of your mouth. They've even fine teeth, teeth in your throat. All righty. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> Your hand is really, really well. That's wow. a lot of brushing. You go through a lot of toothpaste. They removed 505 of them, so he only has 21 teeth. All right. Oh, well, that'd be a him. bitch to floss. <laughs> now, are they baby teeth? Will they grow some back? Them, some of them are very tiny, but some of them are as big as uh, three quarters of an inch. <laughs> so... He was probably born with teeth. I he could make his own flower. I'm sure that's true. They've had that where babies are actually born with teeth out. Yeah. So yeah. He well, probably... Bezoars, right? Bezoar, that's like a weird tumor that can have teeth yeah, in them. So and... A bezoar could no, have teeth. No, that's a teratoma. Teratoma. What? A bezoar has... What's a bezoar? A bezoar has a bee... teeth, though, I think. No, a bone. I'm going to step outside for a minute. Knock on the door when you're Thursday. done. Vomit. I just gross out He's easy. Vomit. Disgusting Thursday. <laughs> What is a bezoar? A bezoar is an undigested mass of, yeah. Like mostly a hairball? kind of like hair and plant matter, that kind oh, of so stuff. Also, dogs throw up bezoars. Uh, cats, probably. Or cats. Yeah, it's basically a hairball for humans. Oh. Yeah. So, so what's the thing with teratoma? Teratoma. Teratoma. Somebody's been drinking. What's in your cup, Catherine? Yeah, what's in your cup over there, Catherine? Can't drink, can't drink all day uh, yeah. if you don't start in the morning. Exactly this kid right. did have a teratoma, so there you go. See? Oh, okay. Look at the little kid, the mm-hmm. the seven-year-old in India did. Mm-hmm. It was a teratoma. Oh, that's just really That's got to be hard to recover, though. Five Can you get one of those, like, four. anywhere? Uh, yeah. They're very rare, though. Wouldn't it be sad if his front two teeth were buck teeth on top of him? <laughs> <laughs> you need be, braces, kid. You need like braces, Jerry Lewis. Kid. Yeah, Jerry. Oh, so, so. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't send Lewis. that poor kid to school. <laughs> That's Aww. terrible. Endless torture. Uh, we have a story coming up to, to kick off uh, part two that you're going to love. It's about dogs My and a woman. Hobbies. Should I read you the headline Stinky and I'll read dogs. the story later? I'll read you the story when we come back, but here's the headline on the story. She fell asleep on her sofa... Woke up with no arms or legs. <laughs> Doug's having a big day. We'll be right back with the family. It's Tom Bernard with CEO Michael Bilski from North American Banking Company. Michael, we spent some time talking about your free app and money transfer service, XCheck, which is just great, by the way. You can transfer money to your kid to travel home from college and lots of other uses. I got wind of another service you provide at North American Banking Company. What's this Super ID I've been hearing about? Great question, Tommy. Super ID uses your face proof and your finger proof to keep your identity and your money secure. It's really a foolproof way to protect your family and your business from identity fraud. It's simple, fast, and oh, the best part is that it's free to our customers. Super ID, super easy, and super secure. Visit nabanco.com or see my personal banker to get the scoop on XCheck and Super ID. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC and an equal housing lender. 
Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. I don't want to go out or something like that. It's something like that, I know. All right, we're going to run this by Andy. We're going to test your knowledge, Andy. What is capnocytophagia? It's a bacteria that eats cells. Oh, my God. That was a lucky guess. Cytophage is a cell eater. Clearly. (laughs) Yeah, who doesn't know that? (laughs) Who doesn't know that? I didn't think he was going to get that one. You know, it's just unfortunate. But, you know. A small cut on an Ohio woman's arm and a friendly lick from her dog led to what a GoFundMe campaign calls a perfect storm and to the amputation of all her limbs, all four of them. That's really mm. scary. Stark County Salon owner Marie Trainer's ordeal began May 10th when WJW reports Trainer didn't feel well and went to lie down on the couch. She woke up from a coma 10 days later with both of her arms and both of her legs partially amputated. Her family initially <sighs> suspected she had the flu, but when her temperature started wildly fluctuating... Trainer was rushed to the hospital despite aggressive treatment. She started developing sepsis and her limbs developed gangrene. Uh, To save her life, doctors were forced to amputate all of her limbs. Hospital tests soon pinpointed the issue, capnocytophagia, a bacteria found in the saliva of dogs and cats. It doesn't adversely affect the animals, but can in rare cases spread to humans. Jude's going to stop licking me. I'm going to start brushing his teeth. He licked my life. You do brush his teeth. (laughs) Not often enough. Unbelievable. What's that? Where does a dog get that in his mouth, though? I mean, don't they have to lick something or eat something disgusting? It's normally in there. It is? The thing that they're not bringing up is that this almost never or maybe never happens unless you're severely immunocompromised. Yeah, she must have had something else going on to suppress her immune system where it could fight the... Because the majority of stuff that we come in contact with bacteria, our bodies are yeah. are able to fight it. Right. But when you're, you know, your immune system is so suppressed that it just can't do anything. Yeah, we have a friend that was on, like, Remicade. Yeah. And um, she, she, oh, my God, she ended up with... What's the thing that you get? MRSA. Yep. yep. Just oh, from MRSA. fall, just from scratching her knee outside. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. when I was on Humira for my Crohn's. That's an immunosuppressant drug, mm-hmm. and like during flu season, I was walking around with masks. Yeah. Even though I took. It's a good idea. Yeah, even though I took the flu shot because I. I could still get, I could get hospitalized just from the flu sure. because my body can't fight it. Right. Oh, yeah. If you're on so, any sort of immunosuppressant, you really have to be careful. And that's why I was like, you know, I don't think I want to be on this drug anymore. So I found more homeopathic ways to treat my Crohn's. But because it, that, and that's why you have a high risk of, of 
fast, aggressive form of lymphoma from the medication <sighs> because it suppresses your immune system so much that your body can't fight abnormal cells or anything like that. Right. Yeah, your so. immune system is actually what's responsible for getting rid of cancer most of the time. People don't know that. Right. Mm -hmm. It recognizes abnormal cells in it. So this poor, Sounds out sight this poor woman had a lot of things yeah. against her. Probably. A lot of things going wrong, it yeah. sounds like. She sure did. Radio stations have censored or banned records for almost as long as they've been playing them, but since the coming of rock and roll in the 1950s, many famous songs have been banned from airplay or even removed from records for a number of unusual reasons. In fact, some of your favorite classic hits that seemed boring at best have actually <clears throat> uh, been censored, and it's a startling discovery. Imagine by John Lennon. John Lennon was a very controversial figure from his activism to his songwriting. He was someone who was an easy target for censorship. His song Imagine was targeted after the 9-11 attacks in 2001 and in 1991 during the Gulf War. They wouldn't... So why, why would, would you ban Imagine? I've, well, I mean, I've brought up the Clear Channel memorandum before. The, after 9-11, oh. they put out a memorandum saying what song... And they were really, really aggressive. Anything that even remotely referenced... Fire, New York City, any sort of death, that was all banned. They got actually a list. Uh, safe in New York City. The Boy from New York City. Both of those were bad. What? Uh, let's see. Smooth Criminal for whatever. Because criminals criminal. walk like an Egyptian. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not kidding. Very funny, actually. We can't have any people walking like Egyptians around. <laughs> what happened to Clear Channel, anyway? Yeah, exactly. Rock the Casbah, oh. because Sharif don't like it. Yeah, Sharif don't like it. Oh, my God. You know why they banned Imagine? They abandoned... Imagine no religion? Uh, imagine there's no uh, heaven. That's exactly right. It isn't hard and to no do. religion, too. They also yeah, yeah, yeah. got rid of knocking on heaven's door. So anything, like the afterlife, any religion... Bad religion. You dropped a bomb on me. You know what? Oh, God, you don't want that. Oh, See yeah. you in that September. Because it referenced the month of September. Oh, come on. That's a little carried away, don't you yeah, think? Yeah, they went Benny and the Jets because the jet is a synonym for airplane. Well, didn't they blame... And Rocket Man. They blame, like, Helter Skelter on or the Manson group or something? Or People that was one have of their... always looked for a scapegoat well, for Well, because they put... They, yeah, they... They wrote on the wall, well, it was Hilter Skilter, wasn't it? They misspelled it, I think. But, yeah, oh, that's what they California. wrote on the wall in blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they were trying to start a race war, apparently. Oh. oh really? Yeah, Helter Skelter, they were trying to start off the race war. Wonder was... if they ban What's the Randy Newman song? They all hate us anyhow, so let's drop the big one now. Political science. <laughs> yeah, political, political science. science. Love that song. Let's right. drop the big one and see what happens. Well, we won't bomb Australia. Don't want to kill no kangaroos. <laughs> <laughs> what was it called? I loved Something Ray. about a big one? Political, political science. science. By, Randy, Randy by Randy Newman. Uh, I love Randy That was Newman. not on the remember Randy. Wow. It wasn't? <laughs> Um, I mean, but was any radio station playing it anyway? Oh, yeah. God, oh. Yeah, it plays it every once in a while. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Unbelievable. Were any Randy Newman songs on that? No. You know what song was released on September 11th, 2001, but only got played like for 10 minutes uh, and then they yanked it? No. Yeah, uh -uh. I know. What is it? Um, Let the Bodies yep. Hit the Floor Let by... Let the uh, Bodies Hit the Floor. Whoops. Oh, God. Oh. Slipknot? <laughs> I think it was Slipknot. Slipknot. I think it might have been Slipknot. Uh, was yeah. That, that song comes out the day... Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. man. That was Drowning Pool. Drowning, drowning Pool. Same okay. thing. It was Slipknot, Drowning Pool. They sounded alike. Yeah, Let a little the bit. bodies hit the flow. Yeah. Let the bodies hit. It was like, whoop, we're not playing that. 
That'll be a while before that gets played. Apparently, they banned If You See Amy, or If You Seek Amy. Oh, Get it? If You well, Seek A. Yeah. Oh, they've Get never it? done that before. I know. Clever. So it spells out F me is what it spells out. Yeah. If you see came. Oh, so clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get and it? shocking. They so. banned Jump by Van Halen. Why, nobody, all day, I guess somebody did <gasps> jump. That guy people, was walking down. Oh, my people God. He was actually the, walking yep. through the air. Disco oh. Inferno, really? Disco Inferno? Because the building you're, was on fire. You're going to piss off uh, Percy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> JV's dad. Yeah, JV's dad would be pissed I off. Guess, I don't know. I mean, I guess the thought process behind it is people are very traumatized so don't give them any reason yeah, I or, guess. Or, I think if or, you have or that copycat or copycats well but no one's going to hear nice. disco inferno and think let's blow up a building well i think they think if people have very feeble minds which they might be right on some of them i think yeah. if your ptsd is that bad you should just not listen to the radio until you're better Mm-hmm. I think to you be should wear this outfit like Madonna wore. Oh, Jesus. This is for you right here. Cone bra. <laughs> ah, nice. <laughs> Look at that. What is wrong with that woman? Know. Oh, is she? It, oh, is this current? She's the Egyptian prison. Uh, well, it looks like she's oh, Egyptian princess being or whatever. multicultural. It looks yes. like she's got kind yes. of like a mixture of different cultures what a fraud. and beads all over herself. Yeah, she's. That's the alternate definition of attention deficit disorder. Oh, she doesn't have enough attention. I've never yeah. been able to take her voice at what? all. It was like one that. song, and I don't even know what it was. That was remotely okay that I could listen to. I'm keeping my baby. <laughs> no. Papa Don't Preach? That's right. No, not that one. I don't understand this. You'd probably be surprised to hear that the Adele song had been censored and banned from any radio station. The song Rolling in the Deep had been censored because of the ambiguity of the word ship. Really? Online lyrics stated that the song included the word ship instead of a swear word that sounds very familiar, but her handwritten lyrics actually featured the ex- expletive instead. S-H-I-T. Well, I think that was written by Matt like. Wilson, wasn't it? The guy from the guy from Semisonic. Well, actually, we can say shit now because we're not on the radio anymore. That's right. Exactly. Oh, that's, that's right. As of today. Thank God. You're hopefully, not on the radio we won't anymore? get any. Hopefully, we won't get any angry phone calls. I have a feeling <laughs> we, we will. We forgot. <laughs> no, sorry. We, well, whatever. It was literally costing me tens of thousands. Of Are you kidding? No. It was oh. too over a year. Oh well. Absolutely, it was. So I was like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I thought it was supposed to work the other way. It yeah. was supposed to work. Well, unfortunately, AM radio is dead, man. I, and I hate well. to hear You know the KQRS is the only FM station I've ever worked at? All the others were AM stations. Really? Yep. Hmm. Well, 40 oh. years ago, that's where all the power was, yeah. right? Oh, God, yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely true that that's where it was. But why yeah. Can't, why don't they just, like, Tr- uh, convert all the AM stations into FM. Well, well there's well, only so many frequencies. Yeah, exactly. Well, we still have plenty of frequencies. No problem. We do. Well, no, wouldn't AM still work better, like over, you know, like in the mountains, right? Yeah, in San Francisco, it works a lot better. Yeah, it does. Yeah. San Francisco AMs work a lot better than the FM. There are FMs there, but the AMs do work better. Yeah, something about the waves. Yeah, exactly. Better, so, some, you know. well, some dang thing. I have good news and bad news. The good news is. Good news is Baron Trump has been given a horse by Mongolia. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. Bad news is it's staying in Mongolia, so it's not going to do him a lot of good there. He's going to have to come in and, he has and to, claim it? He, no, he, it's staying there. So if he wants to ride it, he has to go to Mongolia. Why would they give him a horse? 
I think that's like a uh, they have a lot of horses gesture. in Mongolia. Yeah. yeah, it's a Mongolian gesture for f you. Yeah, probably. That's what it is. Why don't they send me some Mongolian beef? That's that'd uh, be good. Oh, now we're talking. Mm. Maybe it's horse. Mongolian, <laughs> Mongolian horse. horse. <laughs> uh, mm. I've never had horse meat. Is it any good? I don't think most people have had horse meat knowingly. Well, knowing that, they probably have had it, but they didn't know they were uh, I, know that they, I know that they eat it in France. I Horse meat they yeah. do? Oh, I didn't know that. Well, I mean, it's... Ikea served it in the U.S. unintentionally a little while ago, and their Swedish meatballs, they got the, the, really? got them mixed up, yeah. Because they do eat them in Europe and some yeah. countries. The horses? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that, if you think it. about it, it's probably better to eat them than just put them down. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I don't know if they... I don't think they grow them for meat products do they i don't know i don't know either mm, i think some, some where's alex when you need her yeah she'd alex be into this go. conversation she's at fun, she's at fawn yoga for yoga i don't like the Fa idea yoga. of it but i know i know a lot of people um when their horses are going to you know are sick and are absolutely going to not live they <laughs> donate the horse to like a big cat ah. sanctuary or oh, something yeah yeah. The top eight countries consume about five million horses a year. So, so they must grow them. Yeah. That. Really? Mostly in Asia and some in Europe. Huh. I did not know that. I didn't know they were a meat crop or whatever they call that. What did they call it? When you grow like cattle to eat. What's that industry called? Oh, Come on. Good, yeah, Beef industry. Yeah. Horse <laughs> Yeah, but there is there is a name for it. And yeah, I don't remember what it is. China is the number one by a lot. Oh, That's but eating horse meat, not yeah. a shock. Yeah, and then Mexico, which I huh. had no idea. Huh. Kazakhstan, Mongolia, Argentina, Italy is number six for horse meat. In horse meat, then Brazil I didn't know and that. Kyrgyzstan. I did not hmm. know. I did not know that to be true. Yeah, hmm. Kyrgyzstan is. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I'm good. I don't need any. I'm, I'm fully covered. No question. Matthew, how you doing? Matthew Bentley. Oh, this is Jack Carr. Oh, hey. Matthew's listed at 11.45. Jack Carr calling for the interview. How's it going? Oh, they got the, the, our calendar's wrong. Our calendar oh, was sorry. wrong. I thought this was Matthew Bentley, oh, but it's that, Jack Carr, actually. The PR person. I think he, he's calling in later today. Yeah, he switched them on me again. Oh, oh he did? <laughs> Who who is that that switched them? Uh, the PR person that's doing it. Tell them to tell them to settle down. <laughs> True believer, a thriller. Oh, I like this by the way, Jack. An acclaimed author, Jack Carr's follow-up to the Terminalist, former Navy SEAL. You know, I <laughs> used to love those two words until until Jesse Ventura kept going. I was a Navy SEAL. It's <laughs> like, oh god. He's got the voice for it, that guy. Oh my god. But he wasn't. He was UDT. UDT's now part of being the Navy SEALs, but it wasn't when he was UDT. Did he have to take antibiotics? I, yeah, but I think the, the history there is a little bit muddled. But uh, the last <laughs> UDTs were, uh, like were, were decommissioned in uh, 1985 with the last uh, UDT teams transitioned over to SEAL teams. So oh. since then, it's, uh, it's all been SEAL teams. Jack, he got so mad at me when he was a governor because he kept talking about being a Navy SEAL. And I said, he was never a Navy SEAL. He was UDT. And when he was UDT, all he did was hand out towels. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm not sure exactly how that went down. Yeah. No, no, no. You're right. I Stay just, out of that argument. I made you know, it, 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 we do call it government work for a reason, you know. Is that uh, the close enough 
for government work saying. Yes, it certainly that's exactly. holds true in that case, it seems. That is exactly it. In any case, an acclaimed author, Jack Carr's follow-up to the terminalist former Navy SEAL James Reese's skill, cunning, and heroism put the U.S. government back in his debt and set him on another path of revenge. I, uh, you know, Jack, I got to tell you something. I love the books. I love these books. I, uh, we had a very close friend, Vince Flynn, who unfortunately oh, yeah. is no longer with us. And Vince, uh, we knew Vince for years and years. And it was so, so cool because he put out term limits and, and, and by the way, published it himself and then yep. took it around, took it around, took it around and it broke big. And uh, I just, I, he got me involved in that whole thing. And, and unfortunately we lost him, what now, five years ago? Has it been that long, Catherine? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, Terrible. Please. But yeah, Jack Carr, it's great to have you on. I do have to take one quick break. Can you be with Kang in for just about a minute and a half? We'll be right back and we'll do the entire interview. Absolutely. Right. Thanks, Let's do Jack. it. We'll be right back with Jack Carr and family. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Unbelievable. Jack Carr with us, ladies and gentlemen, true believer, a thriller. Jack, we were just talking about uh, about our government and the fact the fact that they can't try to they, they can't figure things out right now. I guess on any front. Um, but I, I just want to make sure, I don't know, did you see any of the debates last night? I'm not going to get stuck on this. I just have one question for you. Did you see any of the debates last night? Jack. Oh, Jack He's can't hear there. Oh. There. Sorry about that. Oh. Oh, Jack, are you there? I am here. Okay, I am I just, here. Cassie's a disaster today. Well, we had to try something new with the phone. <laughs> yeah. so. Oh, here yeah. we go. Yeah, Okay. <laughs> Did you watch any of the debates last night, Jack? I'm not going to get stuck on this. I just want to ask you one question. What was that? Sorry. An event. We had a book signing last night. and uh, Oh, did I watch the debate? I yeah. was at a book signing, so I could not watch that uh, political theater. Lucky. I, uh, I was hoping that I could tune in and see it. It just wasn't in the cards. Well, the, the only reason I bring it up is 
And I'm, I, I, look, I'm a center. I'm pretty much a libertarian. I, I, you know, Democrats are fine and Republicans are fine and Republicans are hated and Democrats are hated. And I just, whatever, I'm kind of stuck in the middle. But last night, Joe Biden said a nice thing to Kamala Harris. He said, uh, don't, don't go, uh, what did he say? Don't be too hard on me, kid. And he was roasted for calling her kid, which to me, my whole life has been, somebody calls me kid, it means they really like me. Yeah, or it just shows that, uh, you know, maybe the person saying it might be a little bit older. Well, and, that's, uh, that's, okay. <laughs> that's a very good yeah. point, Jack. That's a very good point, actually. In acclaimed author Jack Carr's follow-up to the terminalist, former Navy SEAL James Reese's skill, cunning, and heroism put the U.S. government back in his debt and set him on another path of revenge. I love these books, Jack. Uh, I, I'm so glad you do, and I know that uh, you have the relationship with, uh, with Vince Flynn, who is, of course, uh, was and always will be the master and the uh, legendary, obviously, in this genre, and had such an influence on me. Um, of course, Term Limits, read that on the way to Afghanistan, and was hooked, uh, hooked ever since. And uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to spend uh, 30 minutes, 45 minutes or so with him before he passed away uh, when he was at SHOT Show, which is an industry show oh, yeah. in Vegas for yeah. all the new guns and gear and all that sort of thing. And uh, we got to meet up right as they were shutting it down. So for anyone that's been there, it's a, it's a long walk out of the shot show from the from one side to the other. So we got to spend some time together as we walked out. I'll always treasure that time that uh, I was able to spend with him. Um, books like True Believer, a thriller. So so first of all, uh, we've kind of set the set the stage for what True Believer is all about. Uh, when a string of horrific terrorist attacks plagues the Western world during the holiday season, not the holiday, not Christmas, Jack. Oh, jeez, I know. I Damn know. it. Maybe that's, maybe that's the, the diehard and lethal weapons 80s influence that got me, you know? <laughs> setting things, uh, been, setting yeah. things during a holiday, yeah, it tends to really get you. So, yeah, that's, that's where it kicks off. But it, uh, the first novel was a, a, called The Terminal List, and it was really a book about revenge without constraint. And I chose that one because it is just such a, a visceral and, uh, and primal thing to explore. And then this, the second one is really a book of what I call violent redemption where the protagonist, James Reese, who's a former Navy SEAL sniper uh, who has been through some very traumatic events in the first novel, needs to learn to live again and uh, find his next mission, find his next purpose. And True Believer was inspired by an event that I was involved with in Iraq in 2006. Really? Where I was working with um, what could best be described as a covert action unit. Um, and there was an Iraqi officer attached to this unit that had, was head and shoulders, really, above his peers as far as tactical battlefield leadership. And this was right around the time of the uh, Golden Mosque bombing, which really brought the Sunni-Shia rift to the forefront and threatened to rip the country even further apart than it already was. And years later, so and we had some interesting times there in 2006 Baghdad, but years later, I got word through the grapevine that he disappeared. And I thought for the second novel, what if he was to reappear somewhere in Europe disgruntled with the fact that the U.S. left at the end of 2011 and having been trained up by the CIA and by U.S. Special Operations Forces and now taking those skills and using them against the Western world. So that's really where the action kicks off in True Believer. Is one of the reasons that I enjoy these so much, and, and you write about them, are American Special Forces the best in the world? I would say before September 11th, we had some stiff competition, mm -hmm. uh, particularly from the uh, British SAS and, of course, the Israelis. And I'd say the Israelis in their part of the world, um, there's probably none better right there, you know, around around their country and their borders because um, it's so regionally specific. Um, but since September 11th, it would be hard to find another special operations force that has had uh, as much experience uh, 
as the, the United States has. So we're creeping up on 20 years here. And during 20 years of sustained combat operations, uh, you're going to learn a couple lessons and you're going to adapt and you're going to get better. And technology is going to uh, going to try to keep pace or outpace um, what the enemy is doing and then what they uh, developed the year before. So we are probably um, have the most experienced uh, and well-equipped special operations forces certainly in the world and in our history. Do you have any insight as to the reporting today that uh, bin Laden's kid got killed? He was being groomed to overtake or take over um, Al-Qaeda. But it's it's really vague about exactly when it happened. Do you know anything about this? Right. So I saw that yesterday as I was zipping off to my book signing, and I thought, ah, this is why, as an author, uh, you're not supposed to write about a real person uh, as oh, your bad guy. Yeah. Because if you had uh, written an entire book about bin Laden, uh, that was coming out in the spring or summer of 2011, uh, you might have to do some quick edits. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Jim Laden. And so, yeah, so I, did, I did actually use his son as, a, uh, as an example in one sentence in True Believer. Uh, so not a main character, certainly, but uh, in a discussion between two characters about the state of terrorism in the world. Uh, so I did use his name in there, but uh, luckily I did not use a real-life uh, terrorist as an antagonist because uh, the book's already out. Jack, is there a, a mindset you have to have as a, as a young person? And then certainly when you do become a Navy SEAL or anybody in Special Forces, what, what is it about that the Special Forces mind that's so special? The, the training obviously is, is huge, but there's a mindset too, isn't there? Yeah, it's, all, I mean, it's really all about that mindset. And it certainly draws a person that wants to test themselves in some sort of a, a crucible and picks the um, branch of service and then the Special Operations component within that service that they think is going to really put them to the test and uh, and find out if they have what it takes to be a part of this elite unit and, uh, and serve their country. So it's, uh, it's bringing a person that has that drive, that determination, that mental fortitude, uh, and then they want to test it to see if it's enough to be a part of this elite group. So um, it, it kind of weeds out a lot of people even before they open the front door to the, uh, the training. Um, but even so, people show up and quit the first day. Uh, and 80% of people that start skill training typically do not make it. So 80% attrition rate, which is one of the things that uh, uh, enticed me and that was uh, so um, uh, just so valuable about it is that you have that 80% attrition. So you're grabbing a person that wants to get there and wants to be put to the test in the hardest training uh, ever devised by a modern military. So uh, once they're there, Still got that 80% attrition, and we're looking for a few different attributes. Uh, one of those is team ability, and that's not even a real word. We had to make it up because it didn't exist. <laughs> so we're looking at someone that has all those things I talked about before, but that also can work as part of this team to accomplish the mission. So it's a fairly special group, and I feel honored to have done it as long as I did. So is James Reese you, or is at least part of James Reese you? <laughs> Well, James Reese is a former enlisted Navy SEAL sniper, which I was. Uh, he becomes an officer, and uh, which I did. And he's at that stage in his career when we first meet him where he is uh, on his last deployment because it's the last time that he will tactically maneuver guys on the battlefield. And that was my last deployment. And when I got home, I took a breath and looked around and realized it is now time to move on and take care of my family. Time to, uh, to flip the page here on this, on this chapter and, and start a new one. But that being said... Uh, he is definitely not me. He is much stronger, much better shot, much uh, much wittier, and, and uh, better looking than I could ever hope to be. So um, it is definitely not me. And uh, but my past certainly informs the writing in many respects. Is he as humble as you are, Jack? 
<laughs> I, I, I hope I'm coming off as humble. I certainly feel it. I certainly feel uh, well, after that, to have done what I did and, and, to, uh, and to be doing what I love doing now, which is writing. So I feel very fortunate to be uh, to have done one uh, and be doing the other of the two things that I wanted to do my entire life. You know, it's funny, Jack. I, I'm the age when I was a kid. It was just the, the, the Army and the Navy, the Marine Corps, the Air Force, all the rest of it. Didn't know anything about when I was a little kid playing Army and all that stuff. I didn't know anything about Navy SEALs or Special Forces or any of those kinds of things. Um, but growing into it, uh, does every little boy at some point want to be a, a, a Navy SEAL now? Well, I can only speak to my experience, and uh, I was lucky enough to find out about what they were very early on at age seven. So the recruiter's job was very easy. He had me from a, a very early age. Um, but today, you know, it's an interesting question because there are so many more inputs now where people are getting introduced to special operations much earlier on, and they're getting introduced into it in a way that uh, we're struggling to figure out if it's, if it's recruiting the right person. So back in the 80s, let's say, uh, there weren't many movies that had seals in them. There weren't many books. There wasn't this limelight. There wasn't this, uh, there wasn't social media where you could ha- essentially have a celebrity based around, uh, military service. Um, so, there, so that's not what you aspired to back then when you found out about mm-hmm. special operations. You were drawn to it because you wanted to serve your country. You wanted to test yourself and you thought that being in special operations was the best way to get into the action and to do the, 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 the all the cool stuff that you were playing, sneaking around the neighborhood. Uh, doing so today it's very interesting with uh, game, video games movies oh, yeah. books social media is it getting that same person for those types for the right reasons in the front door and once they're in the front door do we eat out the people that are coming in for the wrong reasons uh or can you get a guy that makes it through the program who is uh fast and strong and motivated but doesn't have a character that we're looking for so those are those are questions that the the force has to currently grapple with today and i don't have uh don't have the answers Jack, one of my favorite things about this job, because, you know, I do a morning show and this afternoon show, I've interviewed uh, a lot of Special Forces people, uh, the, the world's greatest sniper who unfortunately was trying to help someone out when the guy shot and killed him, and I still can't believe that happened. But I've, yeah. had, the, I've had the pleasure of talking to some... These people, you people, Special Forces people, are very, very special in that you, you tend to be very humble people, you're 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 strong of will, but you don't Im- impose that on other people. You're you guys are. Do they treat? Is that who you are before you get there, or do they train you? Th- this is what this is all about. So in order to be really good at this job, you also have to be good at this other part of being a human being. You know, it's, I think it's you're, a lot of it's who you are before you walk in that yeah, door, yeah. and you're kind of just the uh, the rough parts are, are chipped away as you're tested, and it's certainly something that's discussed along the way. Um, the importance of remaining humble, particularly as a leader, uh, so that you can learn both from uh, those under you, those above you in the chain of command, um, you know, learn on the fly, learn from the enemy, learn from host nation forces, allied forces. Um, so it's really a game of constant adaptation. And uh, we're a learning organization, meaning that we have to learn and adapt faster than the enemy and then pass both our successes and failures on to the next generation of warriors so they don't make the, the same mistakes. And we are become a, a stronger organization for it. Um, so humility is, uh, is 100% a, a large part of that. And we yeah. are a, a group of lifelong learners. I think that is wonderful. You know, I, last time I talked to Kyle, he was on, he was on the show this several years ago now, unfortunately, but 
I, one of the greatest moments I ever had talking to him, because I talked to him several times, but he was talking about, uh, I think, is it Call of Duty? Is Call of Duty right. a, a sniper game? Yes. I think so. I never oh. play it, but, yeah. uh, but I've, I've heard of it, of course. Well, the greatest part of it is he's on, and he go, I said, I said, what's going on? He goes, I'm not happy. I said, why aren't you happy? He goes, because I was playing, I think it was Call of Duty. He goes, I was playing Call of Duty online against some 12-year-old kid, and he was just kicking my ass, and I went, I am a real... <laughs> he starts yelling at the kid. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's hilarious. And I'm sure he's... I'm sure he's not the only one that's having that happen to a 10- or 12-year-old exactly. kid that's yeah. a lot of special operations experience. I'm sure it happens daily. I just thought it was so wonderful. He was so frustrated that a kid was just kicking his ass at the game. <laughs> that's how it goes sometimes. Exactly. Keep, keep him humble. Jack, tell me your – okay, lead me – obviously we're not going to give anything away about the book, but lead me into where you, where you want to want the, the, the readers to pick up the book and start reading. If you could just lead us in with that part of the story, I'd love to hear your take on it. Sure. So as part of this transition, part of this learning to live again, um, James Reese, the protagonist, goes to a place to uh, essentially hunker down, a place where he thinks he's going to die. And while he's there, he repurposes some of his old skills to help an anti-poaching unit in Africa, kind of build one up. And that's where he finds really that will to live again and that. finds that next purpose and finds that next mission. And of course, that's when the government tracks him down and ruins everything. And he has to go uh, government's find down. his former friend, the guy who I described from, uh, from Iraq moments ago, uh, track down his former friend in Europe to bring him to justice. So it's, uh, it's a story about friendship. It's a story about redemption. It's a story um, about transition. And, uh, of course, uh, what I like to term uh, a thoughtful violence as he works his way through these, uh, these issues. And, of course, there's a uh, – this one goes – more into a the, the geopolitical backdrop today and and um, takes readers on a little more complex, more in-depth uh, journey than uh, perhaps the first one. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to get it out there and uh, hope people find it as thrilling as they did the terminal list. Indeed. And just uh, while listening to you, I brought Chris Kyle's picture up. Man, I do miss that guy. He was a great guy. He was an unbelievable um, man. Yeah, unfortunately, I never met him. We were about to, to cross paths in, uh, at SHOT Show in Vegas again. Um, oh, yeah. Something happened and we didn't. And then just a couple weeks later is when uh, he was unfortunately killed. So, um, uh, yeah, it's a tragic story. And we, we actually turned over in Iraq together, but I was already doing a, another mission in Baghdad when he showed up in Ramadi. So, so we never got to, uh, to meet each other. But by, by all accounts, of course, what, a, what an amazing guy. True Believer, a thriller by Jack Carr. Jack, thanks so much. Great talking to you, sir. Thank you so much for having me on. I sure appreciate it. Absolutely. Hope to talk again soon. Take care. We'll be back with the family.